Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading Best TV Mom with us and Teresa Thorne. A uh, bit of a note about this episode. This was recorded last fall, I believe. Yes. And the great fall happened two days ago. Yes. So, so we're going to revisit this topic. But that doesn't mean that this isn't a really fun, really funny episode. Yes. So know that the decision you hear in here, which we are maybe spoiling. Oh, by we're 100% you this, spoiling. Uh, enjoy the journey. And know that there will be a new decision soon, so you can compare what we did in this episode to what we're going to do. Enjoy. Shouldn't the runner-up just win? Mm. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading episode 116 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. If you're hearing this, and it is before Wednesday, May 17th, and you are anywhere near the New York City metropolitan area, you need to get to the Bell House. That is the evening of Wednesday, May 17th. Mark Gagliardi is staging Acker and Blacker's Tales from the Black Lagoon, a Hollywood noir trilogy. This is early, early thrilling adventure hour stuff. It's going to star Mark, John Hodgman, Gene Gray, Cecil Baldwin, and more. Doors are at 7 p.m. The show is at 7.30 p.m. This is a 21 and over event. To get tickets, go to thebellhouseny.com. And all the proceeds from this show are going to benefit buildon.org, which is a fantastic charity. So not only are you doing a good thing, but you're seeing a great thing. Get your tickets, go see the show, then let us know what you thought on social media, all the people who are lucky enough to see it. But for now, please enjoy episode 116 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best TV Mom. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Happy Mother's Day, Hal. Happy Mother's Day to you, Mark. Uh, if only there were a mother here that we could wish Happy Mother's Day to. There is a mother here. In fact, uh, she's uh, one half of One Bad Mother, a sister podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. And she is the co-author, along with Biz Ellis, her co-host, of You're Doing a Great Job, 100 Ways You're Winning at Parenting. That is a book available right now. There's a link uh, at MaximumFun.org to it. It's Teresa Thorne. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, may we say Happy Mother's Day to you. Yeah, Happy Mother's Day. Oh, thanks, you guys. That's really nice. I, I, I don't celebrate Mother's Day, but, you know, I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is very exciting for me. Great. Well, thanks for coming, and uh, I, hear, uh, I hear we have a, a, fourth, a fourth guest in the background that's going to be piping in with commentary, I'm sure, throughout the episode. Yes, my three-month-old baby Curtis is here with me, um, and I'm I'm pretty certain you guys are going to hear from him at some point. <laughs> I expect Curtis to have a lot of very strong opinions about yeah. this topic. He should. I mean, we've been focusing almost exclusively on this topic since the moment he was born, so... And like any good child, I'm pretty sure his answer is going to be, oh, best mom, Teresa Thorne. Yeah, better be. Yeah. Or else the therapy starts early. <laughs> so here's how we have broken down this episode, uh, dear listeners. We, we realize there are a lot of amazing television moms out there. 
and there is no way that we could get to all of them. So what we've done is we have each made a list of our top 16. And even whittling those down for each of us was, I, I know I can only speak for myself, was very, very difficult. Yes? Oh, yeah. Very good. It was really hard. It was extremely hard. And I'm I'm a little nervous because um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term mommy brain, um, but it's it's an actual real phenomenon on on my show. One bad mother. We actually have changed it a little bit because we hate how stupid mommy brain sounds. So we call it super brain. Um, but basically because superheroes because we're great. Um, but basically what happens is your brain sort of lets go of any information that is not totally necessary to keeping your children alive. Um, and so, <laughs> and so oh, like look. when, no, 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 I, no, I got it. I got to say, so part of what I was doing when I was whittling down my personal list was just like, which, which one of these moms are moms that I actually remember anything about who they are at this point in my life. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Perfect. It will, it will go beautifully. Um, and so dare I say also that, uh, knowing all of the great television moms is probably vital for, to survival for a child in the 21st century. It does seem key. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. Here is how we have done this. We've each taken 16, uh, 16, 16 of our top moms. We've uh, cross-referenced those three lists, and we've come up with the 16 that have made it into our final bracket. Now, we have also given preferential spots we've given the one seeds to moms who showed up on all three of our lists yes there was a lot of crossover there i think in total and i, I sat here because i am a nerd i put together a spreadsheet that's, that's the only way i know how to do anything nowadays and i i went all right how many moms are on at least two of these lists how many are on all three and that was 12 so out of the remaining four slots mark picked one i picked one and Teresa because She's our guest, pick two. Uh, but before we get to the top 16, uh, why don't we take uh, a few moments to go through some of the runners-up, some of the notables who did not make it, because hopefully you're following it home with your own uh, handy home. We got this bracket, and you've already filled it out. You're waiting to see who's going to take the title of Best TV Mom. This was suggested, by the way, by uh, Funny Film Man on Reddit, but also uh, Duffy, who is a, a very old friend of mine. Not in age, but just in the amount of time we've been acquaintances. Uh, she suggested it as well, either on Twitter or on Facebook. So I wanted to give them both full credit. Uh, but why don't we talk about some of the notable people who did not make it? Does that sound good? That sounds great. Uh, so I know there was somebody on Twitter, and this was somebody who was on Teresa's list, but was on nobody else's list, was Joyce Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. What, what makes her a great TV mom? Oh, man. Um, well, I think she is great as a character. And I think she's great as a mom, uh, just because, you know, she sort of starts off with, uh, you get this vibe from her that she's kind of like this know-nothing mom, where, like, she's kind of, 
I don't know. She's not, not that she has like vacant eyes necessarily, but like, she's just kind of like, she's just kind of like, oh, I'm just a mom. I'm just like a happy mom. And I don't understand what's going on with my daughter. Um, you know, and, and Buffy has like all this crazy going on in her life. Um, and so, but then what, what amazing thing happens is that as you know, the series goes on, she, she really like we like to say moms mom up on my show she really moms up like she has to deal with a lot of challenges as a result of um her daughter's special gifts and when she is faced with those challenges she totally moms up and she's totally there for Buffy and makes really smart decisions and is super supportive and super loving like all the way till the end which I think is like those are all really admirable qualities and a mom. I like that. And I also like the idea of, um, because I think she may be the, none of the other characters are for the most part on this list. Uh, most of them come from sitcoms and classic sitcoms where there's not really an arc from season to season to see how a mom change, to see how this character changes from the beginning of the show to the series finale. So that's another cool thing about, uh, summers. Definitely. I, I want to throw in another drama mom who didn't make it. And this was one. So I had one slot left. And I had two moms that were up for contention. And the, the mother I didn't was uh, Caroline Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie, which is my wife's favorite show of all time. We have the giant uh, wagon-shaped box set that has the DVDs. And if you show her the, the the show within the first 15 seconds, she knows the entire episode and can tell you what happened. <laughs> and uh, Caroline is an interesting mom and took care of a lot of kids. And I don't think any of them died of cholera, which is really good for, for that period of time. Uh, sure. We all played Oregon Trail. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to mention her. And you know what I'll do is I'll take this research and I will make it available to everybody listening because we're not going to go through – all 45 moms that we didn't pick. Uh, but that was a notable one who didn't make it. Also, Shirley Partridge from the Partridge family. Mm-hmm. Maybe the ultimate working mom because she turned her kids into a business, which maybe <laughs> is, that, is that questionable? Is she like a, a showbiz parent in a bad way? You know, I never watched that show. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Um, That's how we yeah. like it on this yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have strong feelings about that one. Um, uh, I, I do want to say that one that we didn't talk about that I was chatting about this with my husband Jesse last night. Um, and he told me that his favorite TV mom is Peggy Hill. Oh, oh, yeah. She's- and I felt like she's she's great. She's worth an honorable mention because she's just an interesting character. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. While we are on animated moms getting honorable mentions, uh, another one that made uh, my short list didn't make the final cut um, is uh, Wilma Flintstone. One of the, uh, yeah. an original, an OG uh, animated TV mom. We have two TV moms that did make the list. Um but you got to give a shout out to Wilma for, I believe, being the first huge animated TV mom. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, Peg Bundy did not make the list because as a mother, uh, maybe not the best, but as a character, hilarious and fantastic. And also, uh, Wheezy Jefferson, 
let me just say this about Peg Bundy. If you separate out her, uh, her, her mothering skills from her spousal skills, like she doesn't pay a lot of attention to Al, but she does seem like a pretty good mom. I guess that's true. She's just, uh, she's, she's a pain in the neck to Al, but, uh, but Al's but also ultimately a in the end, she does the right thing for her kids. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think she's interesting too because, and we'll probably get into this with with uh, with the rest of the moms that we talk about today. But there is an interesting thing here where there's like the bad mom, like which I think is like kind of just as important and also very compelling, and doesn't necessarily mean that you're out of the running for best TV mom because it's kind of it's kind of like an important movement to also have like the quote unquote bad mom. Sure, and also it's television, so part of being the best TV mom is being funny or being right. compelling in a way. Yes, yes. Um, so that's the thing. Do we let me, let me hit pause really quickly? Um, do we want to think of this as best TV mom? Like, who is the best mom on television, or who is of these moms the best mom? Because that feels like oh, there's dang. no, there is no. Yeah objective way to look at what is a great mom yeah i think it has to be the first one yeah. it's got to be the first one um but to give my my final shout out uh i would like to give a shout out to uh louise jefferson wheezy from the jeffersons uh because she was uh, a great great character strong fought with george uh like always stood her ground with george and was uh the first woman of color to get nominated for a primetime emmy yeah Awesome. Quite notable. Uh, with that in mind, let's talk about all the white women we chose. And- <laughs> uh, well, white and in one case, yellow with blue hair. That's true. Uh, Claire Huxtable. That's true. Claire that's, Huxtable. That's true. There's, yeah, we've got some, some, uh, some, some flavor on the show, some colors. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's jump in. And uh, we, we spoke a little bit about criteria about whether we're going to go with the best mother, like actual mother to their children, versus the best TV mom in terms of character. And it seemed like we were moving towards the best character. I would propose, however, that we that, that it's sort of an equation. So how great mm-hmm. is the character, and then how good of a mother uh, are they? Because we may come up to some matchups where it seems like a deadlock in how good the character is. So maybe how, sure. how good of a mother they are could be a tiebreaker. Does that make sense? Definitely. And there are also a couple that have certain uh, historical implications that I also think will weigh in um, <clears throat> as far as like being first or um, yeah, pioneers, I guess, would be the way to put it. Sure. Um, yeah. shall, shall we dig right in? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, which quadrant do you want to start in? Northeast, Southeast, Northwest or Southwest? Teresa? <sighs> oh, gosh. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, starting with the one I'm most excited about, which is the uh, can't think of what my directions are here, but upper right hand. Northeast. <laughs> Perfect. All right, we're gonna start in the northeast, where I Again, currently am. Direct, uh, directions yeah. are not key to keeping my children alive. Yeah, this is I get it. This is your super brain. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to start in the Northeast, and uh, our first matchup in the Northeast quadrant is the Battle of the Cartoons. We have Marge Simpson versus 
Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Oh. <laughs> now, you, Linda Belcher was one of your ads, Teresa. Uh, tell me. Yeah. I, I've watched a little bit of Bob's Burgers. I think it's hilarious. Uh-huh. What yeah. makes her a great mom? You know, why is she in here? She's in here. I thought of her when I was thinking about this show um, a few days ago. She was one of the first people, characters that came to mind for me. Um I just love her. And I'm not like, I'm not like a diehard Bob's Burgers person. I really enjoy that show. But Linda is, um, it, like, I can, let's see, I can talk about her in comparison to Marge in a way to describe how, why I love her so much. Like, because I love Marge too. Marge is really funny. And Marge, Marge's whole existence helps us deal with like, what is really like kind of sad and difficult about being a mom like the mom who like no one appreciates who kind of like has everything together and like is doing the lion's share of the housework and like no one cares it's all just like assumed um and she she's like proud of it a little bit but also kind of hates it uh but like would never consider doing anything differently um and and like like still totally like loves her kids and everything. Um Linda Belcher is she's so fun. Like I feel like I needed to include her because I kind of feel like in a way she's like my mom idol. Like she's like the TV mom that I strive to be in my own life. Um because she you can see how much she I was going to swear again. Um, (laughs) You can see how much she just deeply loves being a mom. And also that it doesn't, it doesn't like weigh on her in any like super depressing way. Like she's just super having fun with it. Her kids are kind of like a pain in the butt sometimes. And she kind of even makes fun of them sometimes, but only in this like really gentle, sweet way where you just can tell how much, she loves all her kids. Um, and then she also just, like, has her own great personality. Like, she's super, like, into her husband and, like, also just has her own likes and dislikes in life. Um, so I just think as as a mom, she's she's admirable. And she's – yeah, I, I would agree. I love her her sense of joy in it that comes out even in just sing something as simple as singing. Yes, absolutely. Um, now the question though becomes, does Linda Belcher's joy at being a mom, does that trump Marge Simpson's status as a mom icon? Uh, at having been on the air for what, 18 years now the Simpsons have been? No, almost 30. <laughs> Good try. Right? Yeah. How many years have they been on? I think almost 30. I think the, the first episode is really almost 37 or 88. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, yeah. Marge has had more time to develop as a character. And I, here, here's what, again, not being as familiar with Linda Belcher, my feeling is that Mar- Marge just has too, too much development as a character. And I keep thinking about the uh, Streetcar Named Marge episode of The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> all of that streetcar experiencing. yeah not only is it hilarious because of the music but you get to see her actually pursue something that makes her happy and maybe vent some of that that uh that anger that she keeps kind of bottled in because she is 
she is sort of the uh, she and Lisa both are kind of the moral centers of the family, but she really has to play straight woman to everybody else more often than not, even though she has the most ridiculous appearance with her giant blue hair. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. I, to me, it's Marge just because I'm more familiar with her. But if if the two of you think that Linda should move on, I'm okay with that. No, I think. Well, no. I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, is it's just tough with their placement in the bracket because it's one of those things where, like, matched up against almost anybody else, um, I would, I would be going for Linda Belcher. But I mean, Mar. No, you can't deny. You can't deny Marge. Yeah. No, I mean it's Marge. Yeah. I mean it's. No, you can't. Like, I, I really, I, I really, um, I, I think if we were going for like. I think if we were going again, if we were placing more weight on who is the better mom, perhaps I would go Linda, um, just because again of like the joy factor. Um, but Marge, I, I agree. I, I, I'm not going to repeat all the stuff that you just said. I mean, it's March. Yeah. Um, I would like to give a shout out to Linda Belcher being the only character on this list played by a man. Oh, interesting. Huh, interesting. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I think. I'm looking at the list. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, of course. Well, later, dude. Right? Uh, so Marge Simpson is moving on to uh, is moving on to the second round. She's in the Elite Eight. Are we allowed to say that or are we going to get sued by the NCAA? Let's find out. Great. <laughs> um, now we move from the, the lightness of, uh, of cartoons to the more macabre. Moms. This is the, the macabre mom bracket. We have, uh, and forgive me, I will admit now, both Hal and I can both admit we are not Game of Thrones viewers. Yes. Oh, really? Cersei, yeah. is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah. Uh, against Morticia Adams. So I will, I will leave, I know Morticia, I love Morticia, but I will leave this one in your very capable hands, Teresa, yes. because as, as those of us who do not know. Now she's not, the the other one is the mother of dragons, right? I've just absorbed it. Yeah, Daenerys Daenerys is the mother of dragons. And somebody else somebody also pointed that one out to us either on Facebook or Twitter. Um I mean she's worth mentioning. I mean she's totally amazing. But um Cersei, This is a mother of humans. That's what mother is. This is a mother Yeah, this is a mother of humans. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I'll talk less about Morticia. I mean, Morticia's amazing and really funny. This is a weird matchup. Cersei is is a really uh, screwed-up uh, human character. Um, what, I, what I find really interesting about her is that um, the writers really, and I guess the the actress who plays her really have done an amazing job of using her motherhood as a way to humanize her. So for, you know, the first couple seasons or so, you're just looking at this woman and thinking like she's pure evil. Um, but then as the series goes on, I personally, as a mom, suddenly like fell in love with her in this weird way um i remember this scene i can't remember if it's like i'm guessing it was like the second or third season where um like one of her one of her children uh becomes king and he 
he's just a sociopath and crazy and tortures people and he's just awful. Um, and she kind of knows it, um, but she won't stop like basically fighting for her kids. Um, and there's this one scene where she's talking to somebody about being a mom basically. And she just says like, she remembers back to when this this child of hers was like a little one-year-old baby or like a six-month-old baby and like the love that they can you guys hear my baby yeah by the way um the love the love that they shared like she basically just says like nobody can ever take that away from me like none of the rest of this necessarily matters when I like think back to like this deep like mother child bond that I have with my kids and I don't know it was it was really powerful to me as a mom like I'm not gonna lie it was I was like oh I I totally get that like I, I just I just got it and then like from then on it made me think about her character and all the like weird terrible stuff that she does in a totally different way like I'm not not to forgive any of the stuff that she does I mean um, you know, other people are humans too, not just our own children. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, yeah, she's just a really intense mom. So I felt like she had to be in the running up against Morticia. I don't know. I, I would love to hear you guys talk about Morticia. I feel like, um, Morticia is definitely funnier. <laughs> sure. Well, Morticia, I think has, Morticia has that same thing that Linda Belcher has, which is just, uh, unapologetically who she is. Um, and her family is unapologetically who they are. They are warm and welcoming. She is, she has no problem with anyone else being who they are. Uh, as long as they don't get in the way of her enjoying what she enjoys. And she, uh, also like Linda Belcher is madly in love with her husband and I don't really, it's, it's funny. I think more about the Gomez and Morticia relationship than I think about the relationship between, uh, Morticia and Wednesday, Wednesday and Pugsley. Does that make sense? I, I, yeah, I think, I think that's because the children are not prominent parts of the television show. I mean, they're there, right. but she, not only is she, she loving to her entire family, but she's the head of the household. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in anybody's mind, including Gomez, where the, where the power dynamic sits. Right. No. But is that, is that strong enough? Is, is her being the head of that household strong enough to defeat this very visceral, like, as an actor, like, motherhood being your central driving force and yeah. a mother's love being the driving force for a character? That's a pretty strong thing. Well, I mean, I think this is really interesting because, like, I think that I think it's true that, you know, the kids don't play a huge prominent role in the show. And that's partially why we don't see her do very much mothering. But I think when we're going to pick the best TV mom, I feel like it needs to be a mom that we actually see being a mother. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. um, I feel like part of why Morticia is so fun and desirable and great is that we don't have to deal with any of like the dark yucky parts of being a mom or like 
um, deal with even like the gushy, lovey, sweet parts of being a mom. Like we just don't really have to see it. We just see her being totally gorgeous, being really funny, being super cool and totally laid back about everything that's going on. And we don't have to, do you know what I mean? Like we don't have to deal with the actual, like part of why she's a great, she seems like a great mom is that she actually doesn't really seem like a mom. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it feels like, are we, are we saying that the, then with bearing in mind that this is about their mothering and the, the motherhood that Cersei will, while Morticia Adams is a wonderful and fun character, Cersei is going to make it through to the next round. Yeah. That would be my choice. I feel like she's, she's the, she's the mom between the two of these. She is driven by being a mom. Morticia is not driven to some not great things. Yeah. But driven. Those Lannisters will mow down anybody in their path. Yeah, they will. Um, all right. So recapping the Northeast Quadrant, we have Marge Simpson and Cersei making it through to the Elite Eight. That's right. NCAA's Elite Eight. Now sue us. <laughs> Here in our May Madness. <laughs> all right. So why don't we go to the Southeast? We'll stick in the East. Great. And we'll do, stay in the um, East. I'm going to go to the bottom of the of the bracket this time and work our way up. Oh, this uh, is so I think tough. This is, this is real interesting. These are two iconic older mothers. Uh, one is mm-hmm. Edith Bunker from All in the Family. The other is Sophia Petrillo from the Golden Girls. That's right. This is the mothers of adult children bracket. All the Golden Girls are moms. Yes. But Sophia is the only one whose daughter was a series regular on the show. That's true. She's the mother of all mothers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I guess, do we start with, S- with Sophia Petrillo? Because they're really like, uh, this is like uh, fire and ice. Oh, yeah. The two of these, because Sophia is so <laughs> <laughs> seemingly mean to her daughter. But boy, is she always doing what's what's right for her. Yes. In her own Sicilian sort of revenge way. <laughs> she is always caring for her family and she calls her daughter Pussycat, even, even as she's insulting her. Can I tell you guys a quick Sophia story? Sure. Uh, so I was, we, we decided one night we were going to make a drinking game out of the Golden Girls. And the, the game is you pick your favorite Golden Girl and you drink every time they get the laugh. Right? Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's a fun game. <laughs> Except I picked Sophia, and the episode <laughs> was the one where they're going to send Sophia away to a home, and it was a recap clip show episode, The Best of Sophia. Wow. I don't know. So, <laughs> Oh, that's the most marked thing I've ever heard. Hey man, that's how I roll. Stop it yourself. What is your relationship to Sophia Petrillo? Um, definitely used to watch the Golden Girls after school in elementary school. Um, I think I just thought she was like too mean. I don't know. But I'm I'm channeling I'm channeling young Teresa who was watching the show. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot to offer between these this this particular matchup. I don't think. Okay. Um, look, you've you, we've had you carry the lion's share of the work for the for the Northeast. 
yeah, tell tell me about Edith Bunker because this is one of yours, Mark, that you were yeah. really, uh, really strongly behind. I love I love All in the Family, but I want to hear why why you think she makes this bracket. I like Edith Bunker first of all because you know I like to uh, look at the historical context. Um, and All in the Family was such a huge, huge show. Um, I think that she was the perfect counterpart to Archie. And she was the translator frequently or attempted to be the translator between, uh, gruff, uh, bigoted old Archie and, uh, and their daughter and, uh, and Meathead, the, the son-in-law. So I like that she was, she was the love center focus of that family. Anything Archie did that was terrible, Edith would mend with love. That was her, she was, she was made of love. Was she a dingbat at times? Yes, but the beauty of what Edith did, I think, was she would say, uh, she would say smart, wise things in her inimitable, uh, dingbat style that everyone would go, Oh yeah, clearly Edith is right. And that to me was the beauty of Edith Bunker. Also, she was just hilarious. Her delivery reminds me of Gracie Allen and I love Gracie Allen. Yeah, I mean, she is a great character, one of the one of the great characters in sitcom history, and then of course she meets a tragic end, and you see how important she was to Archie the entire time in a way that you don't see in the previous uh, however almost ten years I think that it ran. Um, mm-hmm. I, my question is, <laughs> Sophia lives with her daughter. And is there all the time. So she's still effectively mothering her, even though she's an adult. Both of them have adult children, by the way, which is also interesting. But I wonder if, if, uh, I mean, how, how much mothering do you see from Edith Bunker? I mean, I don't, I don't remember the kids being, I guess they were in every single episode. Oh, yeah. I never think of her, I never think of her as a, as a TV mom. I, when I, it just, I would have blanked if you had asked me to sit there for, half an hour and write as many TV moms as I could. She wasn't, she isn't one that would come to mind, but neither would Sophia. I think you, you added both of these. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I'm definitely the fly in the ointment in, uh, in this one. (laughs) All right. Well, let me, let me put it this way then, uh, sticking with that, uh, flies analogy. Um, basically our choice here is honey or vinegar Mm. because Edith is all honey and Sophia is all vinegar. Mm hmm. Uh, so as a mom, maybe we'll throw it, maybe we'll throw it to you, Teresa. As a mom, do you catch more flies with honey or with vinegar? Oh, wait, but, definitely honey. But, uh, let me just point out real quick before you, before we yeah, yeah, throw, yeah. uh, Sophia into the, in, completely into a jar of vinegar. She is. <laughs> How do you think she's lasted this long? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She's a pickled human. Uh, she is a sweet mother as well. Not everything she does is completely mean. She's just the right person. So That's true. there is a balance in her that you don't get in Edith. I don't think I remember Edith yelling at her kids, or, you know, ever, or yelling at uh, at Gloria. How about this? Which one would you guys like to have be your mom? Between Ooh. the two. Oh man. Hmm. Gosh, that's so tough. Uh, I don't, I, I, here's the, here's the problem that I'm having. I feel like I would rather have Edith Bunker 
um, for like the nurturing, but I feel like I would have to, because she is this flighty all over the place mess of a wonderful person. I feel like I would almost have to be doing more parenting to Edith where mm. I would go to Sophia for advice. Mm. That's, that's important. That's true. Sophia does seem to be a lot more, uh, experienced in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's a full grown-up. Yeah. Yeah. I think full grown-up has to win. All right. Cool. Immigrants. All right. Are we, are we all, we're all in agreement on this? Yes. Definitely. Great. So Sophia's moving on to the finals. Uh, and then our second matchup in the Southeast. Hal? Yes. Uh, we have the uh, eponymous Roseanne Connor from the hit series Roseanne going up against Arrested Development's Lucille Bluth, whose daughter, adopted daughter, Lindsay Funke Bluth, or Bluth Funke, did not make, uh, did not make this list. Boy, these are two great characters of all time in television. It's rough to have them. It almost seems like, I know Roseanne is a one seed, and Lucille is a four seed, but Mm -hmm. man, she feels like she could have been a one seed too. Sure. The thing is, look, all of these are great. We cut down a list of 50 plus to 16. All of these matchups are going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one is, this one is, uh, looks to me just on paper as the, uh, the 1% versus the 99%. For real. <sighs> this is just, I mean, but guys, honestly, okay, so I love Lucille Bluth. She's amazing. But anybody up against Roseanne right now at this stage, they're going to lose. I mean, it's Roseanne. I mean, it's, she changed what moms were on television. Yes. She was yeah. the first real mom on television. She was the first real mom on television, and she's so funny. She's oh, yeah. so funny. This show. Uh, th- I actually saw a great documentary about uh, this show and Roseanne Barr, Arnold, what I don't know, I, Barr back to now, or is she just Roseanne? Yes. No, she's Roseanne Barr. Uh, she is, she's one of television's great geniuses, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she changed the genre. She changed what a mom was on television. She said that uh, from day one and, and, I don't know if any, if everybody knows the storyline of it was, she worked at a factory. She was a working mom and then, uh, and then got laid off and when they went on strike. Uh, and Roseanne said that this show from the very beginning was going to be about the death of the union job in America, which is mm. really, really forward thinking mm-hmm. for a stand up comic who got a television series. Yeah, and this is a really interesting matchup socioeconomically. Like yeah. the other on the other end we have Lucille Bluth, whose whole thing is just entitlement mm-hmm. and disbelief that she's not uh enjoying every luxury at all possible times. Yes. But boy <laughs> is she funny. <laughs> she sure is. <laughs> to her. Buster is her pet. Oh, yeah. And everybody yeah. else is just whatever she needs done. She will use them to get it. She cannot make a chicken noise, which nobody in the family seems to know how to do. That, that appears to be. Uh, she is like, I mean, Jessica uh, Walters yeah. is like the role of a lifetime for a very talented actress, actress who has worked 
for many, many years and hopefully will work for many more. But mm-hmm. just it, and plays another mom on Archer and is also a really funny mom on Archer. There you go. She continues to to mom it out wherever she goes. She's just, I mean, <laughs> she is brilliant. But Roseanne is, yeah, not only no. one of the greatest sitcoms ever, but and not only was the show brilliant for for what it did, but Roseanne behind the scenes what she got for herself as a creative person and, and a creator of the show is the reason why Seinfeld is rich. Mm. She was the one fighting for those deals and fighting for creative control as a woman in the eighties. So she's a, she is a hero on a level that I think few people appreciate. So not mm-hmm. only should Roseanne, the character go through because she's a great character, but the woman behind her is an exceptional uh, an important woman in entertainment history. Absolutely. Yep. Totally. There you go. Bye, Lucille. Bye. So let's, <laughs> let's take a look now. We have the East is, we have our final four in the East. We have Marge Simpson, Cersei, Roseanne Connor, and Sophia Petrillo. Now let's move to the West. Let's do it. All right. Uh, starting in the Northwest. Here's a, here's an interesting matchup. We have, uh, Carol Brady. From the Brady Bunch versus Alicia Florick from The Good Wife. Uh, Teresa, did you watch The Good Wife? Yes, I did. Well, I watched the first few seasons. Okay, okay yeah, I watched it uh, pretty much all the way through. I think I started partway through the first season and then and then motored through to the end. She's an interesting choice for a mom. I mean, she's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, and you only see her her mothering in in like bits. Yeah, I feel like I, I I like her as a character for sure, um, and I like that show. I think that um, my problem with her as far as thinking of her as one of the great TV moms is just kind of goes back to something I said earlier, which is like I, I just don't see her mothering very much. Mm-hmm. Like, And I realize that kind of the whole point of everything she's doing is theoretically her kids, like they're they're a big like motivating factor for her um, for her character. That's, that's really important. And I also appreciate that, especially when you have older kids and you have a really great career that you're maybe not doing a lot of the like day to day grind at home in the house. Um, Not everyone is. Um, And that doesn't mean that you don't love your kids just as much as like the stay at home mom. Um, So I feel like that's, I feel like that's important uh, but at the same time, I just, again, I feel like I just, yeah, I don't think of her as being a mom as much as, yeah, a good character, I guess. Right. It's a part of her personality. And also right. it's really tough. Carol Brady at this point, it, it would be rough not to put her through against. Yeah. Agreed. Her. It was tough. So, it's we'll, a one, yeah. it's a one seed and a four seed. Yep. Yeah, I, I think we can talk more about Carol Brady later. Mm-hmm. Great. And move her but on. she's she's Carol Brady, so... Yeah, she's Carol Brady. <laughs> so Carol Brady gets gets to the second round. Before she passed one time at the California Pizza Kitchen in Marina Del Rey, Jennifer and I were having dinner, and she was at the bar area eating her dinner. And we were so excited that Florence Henderson was in the same building that we were in. Was a Amazing. Did not go up to her, didn't want to bother her while she was eating her pizza. I'm just excited that she's the type of person that eats at the bar. 
Yeah, I was enjoying that visual image as well. Right? And she's yes. like, totally comfortable there, was real nice, like wasn't like doing that like I'm gonna put one hand up on the side of my face so most people don't see me and just shovel it in. She was just like <laughs> she like I'm Florence Henderson, people deal with it. I'm gonna I'm eating pizza at the bar in this restaurant. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um all right, so let's move on to the second matchup in the Northwest. We have uh the Battle of the Cool Moms. Uh, the hip moms. We have Elise Keaton from Family Ties, and we have Lorelai Gilmore from Gilmore Girls. Oh, this is so rough. This, this is, is the rough. one. This is the one that's the toughest for me because I I I'm recently into the Gilmore Girls. I think it's great, uh, but I also Family Ties is one of my all time favorite television shows. So it sucks that these two are facing off so early in the in the bracket. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I watched all of the Gilmore Girls, and I like that show, too. Um, one thing that's weird about Lorelai Gilmore is that she... <laughs> okay, um, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Like... <laughs> okay. No, well, yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, is that, like, the whole premise of the podcast that I make is that everybody has their own way of doing things, and everybody is doing a great job, mm-hmm. and Lorelai Gilmore is definitely doing a great job, like, I'm not trying to, like, be down on her, but, like, yeah, she's not, she's, she's best friends with her daughter, mm-hmm. which is just not, in, from my perspective, is not the healthiest type of relationship that you can have with your daughter. I think it's important as a mom to have boundaries with your kids and uh, to have your own friends. Uh, <laughs> and so I don't think she's like the, the she's, I, I think there's a, there's an issue there. There's a there's problem a there. Dysfunction. Yes. Well, her daughter is practically raising her. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Uh, and there, yeah. Yeah, that's just a, it is an odd dynamic. I mean, it works because they're both great actors and you're getting to see yes. them complete these character arcs over the course of a, of, of the television series. But at the same time, that is a weird, like Elise is an architect who, uh, is not only a working mom, but parents all of her children is actively involved, is a cool mom for all intents and mm-hmm. purposes because she and, and Steve were both hippies. Um, and she is the breadwinner in that family, if I'm not mistaken, as a, as an architect, because he works as a producer for Ohio, Ohio, the morning show. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I definitely watched that show as a kid. I, I will admit to not remembering it super well, but even based on just my limited memory of it, I would go with her probably. Um, yeah, I just think, I think that like there's, other things about Lorelai Gilmore <laughs> that I, I feel like I like know these people because I watched that show for so long. But um, but I feel like there are things also about her that are really unpleasant that like she gets away with just because she's so beautiful. And that's that's like all well and good. It's TV. I mean, everybody's supposed to be extraordinarily good looking. But there's just there's just like one thing after another with her where you're like. She's just like, oh, well, I'm just, I can just do this kind of stuff. And you're like, no, probably in real life, that would be a real problem. Like somebody would probably call Child Protective Services on you. Yeah, but she's like TV pretty. So 
It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Please all right, you heard it here first. Uh, Elise Keaton wins because Teresa Thorne has mom-shamed Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> no, Elise Keaton so, does. Uh, she, uh, another thing I'd like to point out that I really like about her is that she has, and a lot of them do, uh, especially the sitcom moms where they have the learning moment. She's the most, to me, she seems the most plain spoken and grounded in her, uh, in her learning moment technique. Does that make sense? Definitely. Absolutely. Um, which I think she's, she's, that makes her one of the great. So Elise Keaton moves on. Yes. Uh, and we'll match up against Carol Brady later, but first we are going to go to the Southwest. Hal, tell us about the Southwest. All right. We have, uh, two iconic women in television. Uh, one is Claire Huxtable, the attorney from the Cosby show. And the other is Murphy Brown, everybody's favorite Candace Bergen character. And we all have several of them. <laughs> I'm not going to go through all of them now. Um, look, she did a lot of great stuff on Saturday Night Live, so there True. could be a lot of great Candace Bergen characters. She, she is a five-timer, uh, and Murphy Brown is one of the greatest workplace sitcoms in history. Uh, and, and her character, uh, who was a reporter, if I am not mistaken, uh, she had her baby in the fourth season. Mm-hmm. Much to the chagrin of Dan Quayle. Yes, Exactly. Uh, uh, but she, yeah, she had her child and, and it was essentially raised by her and, uh, was it El, Eldon? Was that his name? Robert Pastorelli, who was always painting her house. It was never done. So he was kind of there to help out a little bit, but she was a single mom who, who brought her baby to the workplace a ton. If I'm not, if I'm not, uh, forgetting. This is an interesting one because she didn't start a mom. She didn't start a TV mom. She just started a working person in an office comedy. Almost like how every other mom in real life doesn't start out as a mom. Ah, we all true. start out as regular people, just like <laughs> you and me. Oh no! Did I say regular person? <laughs> no, you didn't. You did, you totally didn't. I just I think it's funny because I think we do kind of get into this mindset of like, well, that person's a mom. They're just a mom. They already they were born a mom. They are a mom, and they will always be a mom. And like. Like for most people, it's like the first few years of becoming a mom is like a huge identity crisis because you're like, wait a minute, who am I? I wasn't a mom before. Who am I if I'm a mom? Like what what happened? Like what who who am I now? How do I do this? Um, and and I love that that we got to see Murphy Brown and get to know her as not a mom before she became a mom. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a fantastic point. Now, yeah. for for Claire Huxtable, let's just address the elephant in the room. Does she get doctor okay. points because she's on the Cosby Show? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great performance. <laughs> great shot, yeah. great in fact, uh, she won the role. The, originally, his wife was supposed to be a fiery, I think, Cuban woman or Hispanic in some way, and she got the part. In uh, part of the reason why she got the role, in addition to being a great actress, is she can speak uh, fluent Spanish. And then oh, the that's cool. Changed. So she was a powerful woman, loving mother, kept her uh, <laughs> her sexual predator husband from eating those giant sandwiches too often. In the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when the worst thing that Bill Cosby did was sneak sandwiches. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Cliff oh, Huxtable man. would be so disappointed. Yeah, that's yeah, true. seriously. He would be. Yeah. Uh, but she was a great mom, for sure. That's Yeah, no, she was that's great. That's so hard because I feel like she is, of TV moms, she is the more iconic mom on television than Murphy yeah. Brown. She is a yeah. she's a TV mom icon, but and should she be should she be punished for the sins of another? Yeah, I don't know. It, I definitely think this is a tricky one because they're both important in different ways. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Claire Huxtable um also like isn't I mean I, as we said pretty much everybody we're talking about are white women here mm-hmm. and the fact that she was a great mom and she was a black mom is I feel like important. Yeah. Yeah. You know I uh I kind of wanted to campaign a while back and it just filled up too much for um for Rainbow Johnson from Blackish who's another great mother mm-hmm. of color. Mm. But and I and I almost want this to be an upset for the very reason you brought up, Teresa, which is that Murphy Brown gave us a look at what motherhood is like in the real world, where a person becomes pregnant and has a child, rather than yeah. all of a sudden, like you 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 meet her as a woman and then you come to know her as a mother, and that is the yeah. only person on this list who fulfills that. Requirement. Everybody else is a mother at the beginning of their respected show. Uh, respected, and that and that would be the first word that you would use in describing that show mm. and their place on that show. Whereas Murphy mm-hmm. Brown's is different. So mm-hmm. is this an upset, or Ooh. is Claire Huxtable just too too big of a juggernaut to unseat at this point? <sighs> Are you guys making me decide this? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're our guest. You yeah. get to decide. You just we weren't going uh, to, but now that you mention uh, it, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I really hate this. Um, that's what all of our guests say when they're on the show. Yeah. Everyone says the same thing. I hate this. (laughs) I hate this. I hate this whole experience. (laughs) Um, why are you guys putting me through this? I'm going to just on a gut feeling, I'm just going to go with Claire Huxtable. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Well, you you have said plenty to give Murphy Brown the uh, fist bump that she much deservedly. Okay. In this. Okay. Yeah. And now Claire will bump her out of the way and move into the NCAA Doritos Elite Eight. <laughs> Brought to you by Star Wars, Disney, Indiana Jones. Final matchup in the Southwest. The classics, the old school, the OGs. Yes, you got uh, June Cleaver from Leave It to Beaver, and the, the new Leave It to Beaver, Leave It to Beaver: The Next Generation, whatever, uh, whatever the title of the follow-up was. Leave It to Beaver: Deep Space Nine. Right, Deep Space Nine, and Donna Reed from the Donna Reed Show. I let me speak in in defense of Donna Reed for a second because she was the one I added to the list, and I feel like she doesn't get the uh, attention she deserves in the pantheon of television mothers. However. Donna Reed, already an accomplished star by the time she came to television. This was the first family sitcom on television in history that centered around the mother rather than the father or the family as a whole. So the entire show focused on Donna Reed as a mother. And it, and it, look, it, it was as milk toast as a 1950s and early 60s sitcom could be, but it's still notable. And she's a great mom and charming and, 
Her uh, husband is a doctor who whose office is in the home, which I always thought was kind of neat, but also scary. Um, <laughs> and I think she didn't – that show – I, I mean, I, I became aware of it because Nick at Night just started airing old uh, 1950s and early 60s sitcoms. So I, I got to know that and make room for Daddy and My Three Sons, uh, Father Knows Best. Those were all airing around the same time. But uh, I, I just want to note how important she is. Uh, or that show is in, in, uh, establishing motherhood on television. I think that is very valid. Um, and I think also when you brought that up, we had talked about this, uh, the other day when you mentioned Donna Reed being on this and that, that to me was what I actually, I think we seeded her two and June Cleaver three for that reason. Right. Um, so this wouldn't be an upset if Donna Reed goes through to the end. June Cleaver to me feels like, she is, yes, the quintessential TV mom, but I feel like that is for better and for worse. That she represents TV mom, like in the old school sense, but also kind of represents a version of reality that never really existed. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. The idyllic uh, mm. world of the 50s. So did Donna Reed, though. They both Sure, like, they both did. Way whitewashed. Everything is perfect. It's 1957. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Teresa? You know, I, I think I have to recuse myself from this matchup because I, to be totally honest, I think I picture the same woman when I <laughs> read both of these two names. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. Should we flip a coin to see who loses to Claire Huxtable? <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, but we could also we could go with which mother speaks jive. Uh, ooh, <laughs> that's true. Um, though, it, so in this matchup, I feel like she's probably going to and most likely will lose to Claire Huxtable in the next round. But I feel like for the simple reason that she, that Hal mentioned, I think Donna Reed uh, should come out of this on top. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm okay with that. So we've got our Elite Eight. Mark, who are the Elite Eight? The Elite Eight are Carol Brady, Elise Keaton, Claire Huxtable, Donna Reed in the West, and in the East, Marge Simpson, Cersei, Roseanne Connor, and Sophia Petrillo. Great. Uh, let's take a quick break so we can hear about some of the other great podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network. And when we come back, we will blaze from eight to four to two to one and determine once and for all the best TV mom. From the dawn of time, one podcast has unlocked the secrets of science and technology to enrich the lives of billions. And now, after a year where they've unlocked the golden age of knowledge, they're about to hit warp speed and go stratospheric. Wait, hold up. On Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we don't make extraordinary claims. We investigate them. We go undercover with fringe religious groups, investigate paranormal claims, and we participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and then report our findings to you. And yes, we've even investigated Scientology. Shh, Ross, shh. New episodes every month at MaximumFun.org. Ono, Ross, and Carrie. They show up so you don't have to. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? Uh, I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? <laughs> I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lynn manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? All right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. We're back. Welcome to... All right, and we have our Elite Eight. I'm sorry. Let's start that over again. Welcome back to the McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken, NCAA, Star Wars, Disney, the Elite Eight TV mom. Hell. Hell. (laughs) Are you recording this episode while driving through all the drive-thrus? That's right, and I'm driving in the all-new Ford Fiesta, Rooney, MPGs. That's the Ford Fiesta. Live life the Ford way. Did you just make that up? Is that their logo? Yep. Nope, oh, I made wow. it up. Live like the Ford, the Ford way. way. I'm here. I'm available. Come get me for scale. Let's do this. No, no, no. Not like the car. Live life the Tennessee Ernie Ford way, meaning play the Opry circuit in the 1950s. All right, so here are our matchups. We have Carol Brady versus Elise Keaton, Claire Huxtable versus Donna Reed, Marge Simpson versus Cersei, and Roseanne Connor versus Sophia Petrillo. Teresa, where would you like to start? Uh, I think we should start uh, with Marge and Cersei. Okay. This is a battle for the ages. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not doing it based on battle rules, right? I hope not. No. Uh, wh- wh- where are you leaning, Teresa? Oh, we have to go Marge. I, I mean, like it's Marge. That. Marge Simpson is one of the great all-time. Yeah, she really is. And, like, Cersei is really interesting as a mother character, but no way. No way does she win against Marge. Well, that was that was easy and fast. Yeah. Um, I think these are going to go pretty quickly. I think so, because too. Because we have do- we have dived into uh, all of them already pretty in-depth. Uh, what about Roseanne Connor versus Sophia Petrillo? Roseanne. I mean, Roseanne. Uh, was there ever a question? No. Uh, then we have, uh, Carol Brady versus Elise Keaton. We haven't talked about Carol Brady at all. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah. Interesting thing about Carol Brady. Uh, not only did she take on three additional children, uh, along with her three daughters, and she was a great mom and, and very active in her children's lives, but, uh, Florence Henderson petitioned to have Carol Brady be a working mother, and the producers mm. decided not to do that. I think she left her job to become a mother, and that was their uh, that was their negotiation. Uh, they said, "Well, well, here's a compromise," but I, you can't really go by what she wanted to happen. You have to kind of go by mm-hmm. what's there. I love yeah. I love Carol Brady and the Brady Bunch is such an iconic show, but I love Elise Keaton. I, it's hard for me to vote against Elise Keaton, so I, I, I'm going to recuse myself from Wait, this. Everybody stop recusing yourselves. We all knew this was going to be hard. I, you know what? I'm recusing myself from that one, too. I want to say one more thing about Carol Brady. Um, I think it's awesome that they have Alice in their house. Like, she, mm-hmm. if you guys remember, she was the housekeeper sure. slash, like, cook sometimes, right? Didn't she cook for them, too, sometimes? Yeah, she did everything. And, uh, and reason being, um, yeah, there's like, there's socioeconomic status issues there too, but I feel like, um, it would have been easy to just make everything look clean and perfect and not have a, a, a staff employee in the house. 
um, and just make it seem like Carol Brady could do all that stuff for six kids and still look amazing and have everything under control. Um, I think Alice's existence really makes Carol Brady's character a little more realistic. I like that. Um, yeah, me too. And and the funny thing is, Alice came with the Bradys, so she was she worked for Mike and the boys first, and then when mm. they got married, she was part of that adjustment. So Carol uh, probably had to learn to live, you know, to allow other people to do the work and just you know you know what I mean. Like she, maybe that's a point for Carol is that was an adjustment she had to mm-hmm. make as a character, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, I'd also uh, another point in favor of Carol Brady, uh, not so much even Carol Brady, but um, because I think as moms go, they're pretty evenly matched as being great television moms. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Florence Henderson, the actor, sort of became America's mom. Mm. You know what I mean? In a way that Meredith Baxter did not. Meredith Baxter, a brilliant, brilliant actor, and Elise Keaton, a wonderful character. But Florence Henderson, you think of Florence Henderson, you think of like, oh, she's, she could come into the country and to a whole country say, no, go to your room. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think she's more iconic as a mom. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, and also Meredith Baxter Birdie became like the lifetime movie actress, which she just did. (laughs) A ton, which is nothing wrong with that. Like, no, that's great. I know a lot of people who do those movies and have a blast. Yes, that's right. Uh, we have very good friends of ours are many of those movies on horses mm-hmm. wearing flannel all the time. <laughs> and we support you so much, Autumn. We love you. Uh, yes, we do. So, uh, yeah, I think Carol Brady moves on. I just love Family Ties so much. Everybody should sure. watch Family Ties if you haven't seen it's it. It's a great show. Go find it. Uh, and it proves that your family can have views from uh, opposing sides. Yes, that's right. Oh man, Alex, P. K. Well, let's not even get started on that. All no, all look, let, we don't we don't go into any important debates on this show, Hal. No, 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 no. I just was, was going to say how great a character Alex P. Keaton is, but oh sure, I'm not even going to go there. Um, okay, so then we have Claire Huxtable defeating Donna Reed. Yeah, yeah. Claire Huxtable's through. So we have our final four that quickly. That was fast. Carol Brady, Claire Huxtable, Roseanne Connor, and Marge Simpson. No upsets going into the finals. All four one seeds have made it through. That means all four of these were the only four who were on all three of our lists. Yes, that is true. Now it gets hard. Does it? Can Marge Simpson yeah. beat Roseanne Connor? I I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she can. Roseanne is yeah. so Oh, yeah. She she has to. I'm sorry, Marge. We all love you. You are a wonderful TV mom. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And continue to be. I mean, think about how many years yeah. we've lived with Marge Simpson as as a mom on TV. And Roseanne was a relatively short ride. I think Roseanne was on for seven years. I, I, I'm oh, not sure. Really? I was going to guess like 13, but I'm totally pulling that out of nothing. No, no. Uh, that show Seven. aired. It aired 1988 <laughs> to 1997. So it was on for nine years. Nine years. Okay. So you guys were both right. That's awesome. Yes. Um, I, f- I just, I feel like, and this may be, um, I don't know if this is something worth considering, but like, I, I almost feel like the, the nature of, Marge being animated and Roseanne being played by an, act- an actress 
is, I mean, I know Marge is played by an actress too, but you know what I guess, you know, you guys know what I mean. So, um, I think that there is something important about the fact that, um, Roseanne is maybe a little more relatable, um, for, from a mom perspective, like Marge still can sort of demonstrate frustrations that we can relate to and funny things that we can relate to and even good, happy, warm, fuzzy feelings that we can relate to. But like Roseanne, I think also because she's played by herself and she actually is a mom in real life, um, she feels like a mom that you could know or that could almost be you. Roseanne's Roseanne's house looked like the house of me and all my friends. Yeah. Just stuff everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a blanket thrown over the couch to cover up was probably like a rip that one of the kids did. Yeah. It just felt real. Um, It did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We love you, Marge. Yeah. I mean, we love Marge, but you know. So That's we hard. have our champion in the East, Roseanne Connor. Wow. Now let's take a look at the West. Carol Brady or Claire Huxtable? Oh. Carol Brady, right? Is this where the, is this where Bill Cosby finally ruins everything? <laughs> <laughs> or do we put Claire through? I mean, it, it's hard because they both were sort of America's mom, weren't they? I know, I know mm-hmm. Florence yeah. sort of has that. Official title, and it's hard to think of her without thinking about Wes and cooking oil. Right. But as a, as a kid, cause I mean, I grew up in the eighties and early nineties and Claire Huxtable was my TV mom. Same. Yeah. That's same with me. I mean, it does remind me guys, but like, do you remember, like, does, Cla- I feel like Claire, um, was more, I mean, she's obviously more modern cause she was, she, she came later, but like, was she allowed to like, have like a sexual like a sexuality like component to herself like yeah. do you know what i mean like sure. whereas carol carol brady could never have done that is that important there are i mean there are so many episodes i remember the episode ending with the two of them crawling into bed together and that's right that covers over both of them yeah yeah, or like doing a sexy dance and going up the stairs together or something. Oh, yeah. And like, granted, that now kind of grosses all of us out, right? Sure. Uh, it was, just, but she's not the one. But not her it. fault. Yeah, it's not her that's fault. God, it's, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, I feel like that's, that's worth mentioning as something that makes her a more well-rounded human. Um, and there was stuff about, you know, the stuff about the Brady Bunch, like, I feel like Carol Brady is iconic, um, but, you know, the most of the time when I hear people talking about the Brady Bunch, they're like, oh, well, this isn't the Brady Bunch, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of like people are generally across the board only mentioning the Brady Bunch to, to talk about how kind of, like, maybe unrealistic right. those expectations were and, and that, that lifestyle was. Um I don't know if that matters. I don't know if that plays into this. Well, let's think about it. The part of the reason why Claire Huxtable defeated June Cleaver is because that I, that idea of motherhood and family and what society was like didn't really accurately reflect anything that was going on. And between mm-hmm. 1969 and 19, I think 78 or, or however, or 75, however long the Brady Bunch was on, that also didn't, I mean, everything, 
everything looked false. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think for that reason, and the the idea of sexual agency, maybe maybe Claire Huxtable is the one who moves on here. I'll say this about Claire Huxtable, um, it, and I would like to see Claire Huxtable move on as well because think about how far she has gotten in this episode, despite Bill Cosby. Right. True. You know what I mean? We keep yes. coming back to how great she is. Yes. Yep. So. And even with that giant albatross hanging around her neck, she has still made it as far as she has. And I think I'd like to put her up against Roseanne in the finals. Yep. All right, let's do it. Well, you know what? We're back to the 99% against the 1%, sort of. Maybe the ten, 90% versus the 10% because the Huxables were very well to do. He was an obstetrician mm-hmm. and she was a successful yep. attorney. So they lived in a, in a beautiful brownstone in, in, were they in Queens? Wherever they were. Uh, no, they had Brooklyn Heights. Okay, they were in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah, right near the Brooklyn Bridge Park. A lovely area. Yeah, tons of money. Uh, and then the, the, the Connors were always trying to make ends meet. I mean, they were at a time when blue collar, I hate to say this, but blue collar was fashionable. So all mm-hmm. the guys who mm. wanted to be like, uh, I remember adult males of the time who were going like, Al Bundy's my hero. The guy was an unsuccessful shoe salesman in Chicago who had what appeared to be a very strained relationship with his wife and kids, but that, but blue collar was in. And mm-hmm. that, sh- that, that show, Roseanne, was more grounded in what blue collar life was like than any other, any other of the shows I think that were, that were sort of the fancy, uh, were of the style at that time. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do a disservice to Roseanne by, saying that it was only uh, a blue collar fad that led to her show's success. No, no, I'm saying it that it was during a time and she helped right. sort of it, it's just a time when that was something that was popular in entertainment. That was a trend that they were pursuing. Now it's a lot of like high profile attorneys and people with money mm-hmm. or cops with with insane technology, but at that time it was definitely had it, it was definitely more of a blue collar trend especially in comedy. And she was at the forefront of that. Can I just take a, let me just take the temperature of the room here. We haven't done this in a long time. We have Claire Huxtable versus Roseanne Connor in the finals. We're all pretty much, uh, our, our mics are all synced up. I know we're doing this remotely. We have not done a one, two, three, everybody say what you think in a while. <laughs> I have a hunch. Um, that it would be a good idea to try that now. What do you guys say? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. I'll count us down. Uh, one, two, three, and then say it. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Roseanne. Boom. I knew it. All right. People of the world, we've taken you through quite a path of motherhood. You could say that this episode has been a birthing process of sorts. Not like an actual <laughs> process. I'm not that white guy, but we've uh, we've labored through a number of decisions. <laughs> I wish I had more uh, puns about this. I don't. Everybody knows I don't like puns, but uh, it's it's difficult. There's so many great TV moms. We were all uh, in a certain way raised by television. So the mothers that we saw 
growing up became our moms in a way, became sort of uh, uh, surrogate moms at a time when our mother was not in the room or, or maybe wasn't around at all. And uh, among the canon and pantheon of great TV mothers, one has risen to the top. And you can find her with her family, her, her three children and her children's spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends in Lanford, Michigan. Uh, she worked in a factory, then she worked in a store, and then she worked at a diner. But we all know her most as a mother and a hilarious human being. It's Roseanne Connor, the best TV mom asked and answered. Teresa, thank you so much for coming on and helping us out with this today. Will you please tell everyone where we can find you and your podcast and your book and everything? Oh, absolutely. Um, so my show is One Bad Mother, which I co-host with Biz Ellis on the Maximum Fun Network. You mm-hmm. can find us at MaximumFun.org um, or iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Um, you can also check us out at OneBadMotherPodcast.com, which is our new website that we set up since our book just came out. Um, our book is... You're doing a great job. 100 ways you're winning at parenting. Um, and this is a parenting book that you can find on Amazon or any indie bookstore, any, anywhere you want to buy a book. Um, it should either be there on the shelf or you should be able to ask for it. Um, and the whole point of that book is uh, to make you laugh and also to not make you feel bad as a parent because we really believe on our show that... You know, it doesn't really matter what other parents are doing. Everybody's doing a good job. I love that. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Will, will you come back with Biz and and have both of the hosts of One Bad Mother on the show? Can I get a commitment right now? Definitely. That would be so fun. You guys, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for coming on. This was what a treat. Uh, and to all of the mothers listening... And then uh, non-mothers listening, uh, to everyone listening, but especially the mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. This this topic is settled, but there are many other topics for us to discuss. So you can reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit. A flame war may be happening right now. That's right. Or you can be like Duffy, who is a mother herself. Happy Mother's Day, Duffy. And join us in our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast or if you're an emailing person email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com thank you to producer ken plume researcher kate mcmanus working overtime on this one graphic designer uri kelman and qa engineer jen alba and thanks as always to our musicians jonathan dinerstein and mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively and of course thanks to you our listeners uh happy mother's day everybody um, you make us so happy that we get to do this show every week and come to you with, I would say our opinions, nay, our facts and, uh, put on a show for you. Thanks for listening. We love you. Happy mother's day for Hal Lublin. I'm Mark Agliardi. For Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.